Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, it's Alice Fraser. Today on Top Stories, the moment Hosni Mubarak became an ex-dictator, or did he? Andy and John tried to decode the rumours that were swirling in June 2012. Top Story this week, Hosni Health Update! Well, what a week it has been for the health of Hosni Mubarak, Andy. If you had money on whether or not he was going to be alive over the last week, then it was a real roller coaster of emotion for you. Because first he was alive, then he was reported dead, then reportedly only nearly dead, then pronounced clinically dead, then pronounced alive again, and now no one seems to know exactly where he is. He's been like a yo-yoing Jesus, Andy, with... Only slightly more expensive-looking sunglasses. <laughs> uh, it's been a classic, uh, as the South Africans would say, a Hosni-Hosni saga. And, uh, well, you know, he's always split opinion like a cheap banana, yeah. John. And uh, this week, as you said, the 29-time uh, former Egyptian President of the Year has had the world bickering over whether or not he is or isn't dead. Just as for so many years he had the self-same planet squabbling over whether or not he was or wasn't a goodie or a baddie. Is he dead? Mm-hmm. Isn't he dead? If so, how dead is he? Is he irreparably dead, fleetingly dead, spiritually (laughs) dead, or merely facing just a little bit of a blip in his political career? Time, the persistent and insufferable smug shitbag that she is, will tell. (laughs) Initial reports from his doctors were that he'd had a heart attack, then that he'd had a stroke, then that he'd had a heart attack and a stroke. Uh, Reports swirled that he had no pulse, that he'd been (laughs) defibrillated. Uh, He was then brain dead, clinically dead, or to put it in Monty Python terms, he was dead parrot dead <laughs> this dictator is no more he has ceased to be he's expired and gone to meet his maker he's a stiff he's kicked a bucket he's shuffled off his mortal coil run down the curtain <laughs> and joined the bleeding choir invisible this is an ex-dictator <laughs> but then 
After the doctor's reports came statements from his lawyers saying that actually he was very much alive. Classic lawyers, Andy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, the one, they're the ones that have made the money out of this, aren't they? <laughs> you, you, I guess that, that, is the, that is the fundamental tenet of the legal profession. And you have to explore every argument. Is he dead? You have to posit the other side powerfully and strongly. Um, they, so they said he was very much alive and uh, he in fact just wanted to be moved from prison to the military hospital that he'd been in before. So it just depended who you believe, Mubarak's doctors or his lawyers. And then came the rumours. You started wondering whether he had indeed died, but they were going to try and keep him alive like a human puppet, or whether he hadn't died at all but had pulled off an Elvis. He'd faked his own death and was currently working in a Starbucks in Arizona. It's hard to know how to react, Andy. You know, I don't want him to be around to hear his own f***ing eulogy. That doesn't seem right. So it feels like we, we kind of got to hold our fire on this one. Well, I mean, there was a lot of talk on uh, the, the Bugle Twitter feed uh, of people wondering whether there would be a f***ing eulogy this week, which obviously you know, didn't just come down to whether or not he was alive or dead, but whether or not he, he actually merited it. Because let's not forget, John, he was a man... Good point. Good you know, point. Who, he, he certainly had flaws. But mm-hmm. Tony Blair, the self-appointed stepson of God, described Mubarak <laughs> as, quote, immensely courageous and a force for good. And this was about the same time that there were thousands and thousands of people from Egypt on the streets being slightly less complimentary towards the man. And Blair saying that, saying that he was immensely courageous and a force for good, mm-hmm. immediately, instinctively, as a citizen of the nation that Blair was prime minister of, make you think that Mubarak was a born coward and probably a criminal. And the Egyptian people, as I said, had a slightly left, less complimentary view of the Big H. Um, maybe they just didn't, didn't know him as well as Tony did. You know, maybe you got to see his softer side. And uh, the Egyptian legal system also didn't agree with Blair, if I can correctly read the subtext of his recent conviction for corruption and basically murder. Um, and it just shows the show, John. One man's crackpot dictator is another man's bulwark against regional chaos. And in fact, one man's crackpot dictator is often the same man's bulwark against regional chaos that we just have to put up with being a crackpot dictator or we'll get regional chaos. (laughs) And uh, the conflicting reports are not helped by Mubarak's own Twitter feeds at Hosni Mubu, in which uh, he wrote, What happened? I just woke up in a skip with the remnants of a doner kebab all over my trousers. (laughs) Hashtag, <laughs> who stag night was that anyway? <laughs> and then another one saying, Doc saying I might be clinically dead. Bummer, I am having a bad month. Hashtag, no Wimbledon for me this year. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> um, besides, Andy, there now seems to be much more important things going on in Egypt than the debatable beatings of Mubarak's debatable heart. Um, <laughs> Egypt's election... (laughs) Your debatable heart. (laughs) Egypt's elections came and went, and they currently find themselves in a depressing democratic limbo. They voted once, Sandy. They voted twice. And then, when it looked as though Mohamed Morsi and the Muslim Brotherhood were about to win, the army swooped in and basically told everyone to go f*** themselves. (laughs) It's a tango as old as time. Uh, The results of the runoff have been officially delayed now by the election authorities in Egypt. They had uh, been due to be announced on Thursday, but the Election Commission said it needed more time to look into complaints presented by the candidates. Um, The Muslim Brotherhood's Mohamed Mursi and uh, former Prime Minister Ahmed Shafiq both claimed that they won last weekend's vote. Basically, they were like two boxers at the end of a fight, (laughs) both raising their arms in victory, both battered and bruised, with no one noticing that someone in a military uniform had just run off with the scorecard. (laughs) 
So a year and a bit on from the revolution uh, last year, the situation is not quite optimal democratically. The uh, gloriously peaceful transition to a smoothly functioning democracy that everyone hoped would happen has not quite happened yet, which is, you know, we, we in Britain... We did that easily, John. I mean, admittedly, it took us around about 700 years to do it, but we still mm-hmm. did it, and the Egyptians m- might have to just tuck in for the next seven centuries. But as you say, was this uh, a military coup, the military taking power? Was it a military coup, a coup light, a bit of harmless fun, or just a bit of nostalgia for a, a simpler time? Because it is a fact, John, that things were so much easier in Egypt when everyone knew where they stood socially, purely by how big and pointy a pyramid they were going to be buried in. Maybe yeah. that's a lesson that we all need to take on board. After, after the second round of voting, a group of election monitors headed up by uh, ex-president Jimmy Carter uh, voiced concerns about the political and constitutional context of the vote. President Carter said, I'm deeply troubled by the undemocratic turn that Egypt's transition has taken. Uh, Egypt hasn't so much taken a democratic turn, Andy, as slammed on the democratic handbrake, <laughs> dived out of the car and watched its election hurtle over the side of a cliff. <laughs> And America itself is in a tricky spot at the moment because America loves democracy, Andy. They love democracy as much as they love hitting baseballs off aircraft carriers. (laughs) And almost as much as they love chasing after those baseballs on jet skis. They love it so much that their own elections, once every four years, just aren't quite enough for them. They've got a wandering electoral eye, Andy, and they love meddling in other people's elections too. They've had an itchy medal finger for a while where (laughs) Egypt's concerned. Uh, They covertly and explicitly supported Mubarak for three decades. Then, when the relationship started souring, fell in love with democracy again and got so excited at the scenes from Tahrir Square last year. But now it seems that the Egyptian people may have actually democratically elected Mohamed Morsi and the Muslim Brotherhood who could form a regime more hostile to the United States, their metal fingers seem to be throbbing a bit again, Andy. <laughs> you, can, you can sense them just salivating, oh, I, I shouldn't, but the fact I shouldn't makes me want to even more. <laughs> but uh, it has been a, you know, an amazing time for democracy in, in Egypt. They apparently have voted 25 times in the past 15 months using an extremely complicated parliamentary system. John, that is... That is too much democracy. I mean, here in Britain, and I know this is similar in America, we smuggle, struggle, we struggle to muster the arsedness to vote once every four or five years. In Egypt, they've been doing it almost fortnightly, although in the process it had accidentally managed to elect Tutankhamun back into office for an afternoon, in which time the uh, long-dead boy king ruled that Bastet, the ancient cat goddess, was the <laughs> hottest of all the goddesses. <laughs> A turnout in the second round of the presidential election was down to 50%, with the winning candidate getting just a whisker over 50% of that. Now, does that sound at all familiar with an American presidential election (laughs) coming up? (laughs) Welcome to our world, Egypt. Welcome to our world. It's the classic pattern. Fight and die for democracy, then get rapidly, industrially disillusioned by it. But looking at the situation now, this runoff between uh, an Islamist and a relic of the Mubarak era, is this what the protesters wanted 15 months ago? I guess it only goes to show, John, that democracy is like a puppy. It looks all sweet and fluffy when you're looking at it in the shop window, but one day it will crap all over your carpets, whittle in your favourite slippers, before proving disappointingly simplistic in conversation, increasingly attention-seeking and expensive, and then eventually it will die. Thanks for listening. Come see me and other star buglers at the Edinburgh Fringe. Tickets are on sale now at thebuglepodcast.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs> 